Welcome back to the Bug Stops Here podcast. Um, we have taken a brief hiatus, but we are back. Um, there is no uh, Chelsea right back today. Ironically. 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 But we'd have, we are joined by uh, the veteran, Mr. Matt Skinner. It's been a, it's been a moment, mate, hasn't it? It has been. It's been uh, obviously you were a little bit ill last week, so we I thought, well, well, we'll give it a rest, and we can we can take time to get other uni projects finished, which yeah. never happens. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then and then obviously today we had our plan, and that plan's been thrown right out of the window. Exactly that, mate, and that's why we love uh, the world of football. It just throws us so many big surprises. We've got a Mr. Alex Wallace on the phone. How are you, mate? Hello, hello. How are we all? Good, mate. Good. Um, how's your week's been? Uh, they've been good, to be honest. Cardiff are winning again, so I'm quite happy, to be honest with you. Yeah, I did. I did notice something on your uh, on on your Twitter for um, for what you've been posting with uh, Hasbullah, <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 little, the little man laughing. But yeah, we'll, we'll go into that. We'll go into that further down the line. Absolutely, we love a bit of Hasbullah. He's just so funny, isn't he? The yeah. little man. Um, but we are talking about Chelsea today because hot off the press, Mister Skinner. Yeah. Um, Roman Abramovich has had all his assets frozen now. I, I don't. We don't want to get into the whole because we're not very informed, really, in comparison to on like the war and stuff. We don't want to put our um, opinions out there too much. But basically, he's had his assets frozen. One of which, of course, is Chelsea FC. Um, mm. So we're going to be talking about the footballing side of things on that thing. Um, Parmi. Right, as a Liverpool fan, right, and I'm not being fun- funny, and I I do feel kind of sorry for Chelsea fans, but I do find it quite funny. It just is funny, though, isn't it? Like the fact is, they've came in and sports sports washed effectively, and now they're they're paying for it. Um, but Alex, what was your initial reaction to the news today? Um, I was shocked at first, to be honest. Obviously, you know, he's, uh, Abramovich is looking for for someone to sell the club to, so I just thought, you know, it'd be the standard process of him selling it to someone who wasn't going to give the club the financial back and he did anyway but obviously now we have this situation where they can literally do nothing they can't buy tickets they can't sell merchandise they can't buy food in the ground they, they literally cannot do anything other than you know just lose money because they'll be paying players they'll be uh, paying for, for other things but they won't be making any of it back so uh, I think, like you said, I think I feel sorry for, for Chelsea fans, but as a club, you know, for, for the years that Abramovich and his and his money was, was pumping into the club, obviously, we find out now in the last few weeks exactly what else he puts money into. So I think it's, you know, you, I think the use of the word karma for Mr. Abramovich, <laughs> yeah. but I do feel sorry for Chelsea fans. I do. I genuinely do. If it was my club, I don't know what I'd do. Really, if I couldn't go to see the games, like it'd be it'd be heart wrenching. Um, but Giggsy, take us through the detail, really. What, why this has happened um, to Abramovich and Chelsea? We we can't go into the big details because then that that shows our <laughs> viewpoint, and I think pretty much everyone's got the same viewpoint. Um, basically, because he's quite involved with um, Mr. Putin. Mr. Putin, and he's a pro Kremlin oligarch, as. Um, has been identified by the UK, um, UK government and everything like that. He's had every UK asset frozen. So that's all properties, the club, any investments he's got. He cannot spend any money and he can't get any money in from it. So the worst thing from this for me is the away fans now that were, that were planning on going to Chelsea games, unless they've already bought their ticket, they can't go. 
anyone who hasn't bought their tickets, the season ticket holders can go can go to the games. So you imagine like um, on a on a Saturday afternoon, you might have five thousand to eight thousand walk ups. Just go, oh yeah, we're going to watch the game today. Don't I don't know what their season ticket sales are like, um, Alex? If you want to tap away and find out, yeah. we're doing this. But yeah, so you you think the stadium is going to have that many people less in it? They can't sell football shirts. They can't sell kids kits they can't sell um scarves they can't sell hats they can't sell anything like that they can only sell and this is going off um our friends at the guardian i say our friends i love the guardian um all they're allowed to sell in the stadium is food and drink that's it that is it so you can go you can go to the game um they're gonna be pushing that and, and you can you can have a burger and you can have a pint or you can have a coke or you can have whatever whatever way you go with it that is what you can that is it now it's such a ra- crazy situation but we, we, have we ever seen anything like this before no nothing I, nothing I, like this I genu- it's, it's, it's crazy like the, the, the things this sport throws at us and the things this world throws at us like yeah it's a really tragic situation but it's a really crazy and interesting one like well the ironic thing was we were going to talk about Blackburn today but that's going to be in the next podcast. We'll, we'll one, of, we'll, one of the next few. We'll, we'll go forward to that one. But they were the first real club that splashed money to win the Premier League yeah, under Jack Walker. That was that was their thing, and that, and people don't really mention that when they talk about this because Chelsea were the first club to spend massively to like, win the Premier League. Yeah, and they and they did with Mourinho and Abramovich came in, and I think as much as it was. At the time, you're like, oh my god, they're throwing loads of cash at this. It was a good thing because because it broke up the monotony of United and Arsenal. Yeah, it gave more competition in the league, and if anything, it made it made your your boys Liverpool. It made them up their game. It made a lot. It made a lot a of people. <laughs> yeah, but it, not, it for, made, not for like 15 years. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, it, but it made it made everyone take notice of the fact that they had to invest in the squad. Yeah. instead of just going through the monotony of oh we can pick up him we can pick up them but like even Alex Ferguson then had to spend the money even Arsene Wenger didn't spend the money and look where it went with Arsenal they they were they were there or thereabouts but were never quite good enough and now you got the man sorry Ed yeah yeah you got the Man City element and they and they've gone on and done what Chelsea did again well they've probably done even more yeah but, they- but then you've seen the success that it brings so now yeah. so now it's he started off where Jack Walker left off yeah. and, and he just went and blew it out of the park yeah so for, for that side of things yeah it's, I, I can't think about how it would be like say say if I was I want to take my son to the football I'd go oh yeah get two tickets for Saturday can't no chance not a problem at Cardiff I, can, I, can, <laughs> I could buy quite a few <laughs> <laughs> um, Alex I mean the, the influence of Roman Abramovich on English football is quite Astonishing in comparison to a lot of owners. Um, it might be a controversial question, but has he been good for English football? Oh, personal Gareth impression of the day. Um, but I don't know. Um, I think, in a way, yes, because obviously, you know, in terms of you see local clubs, perhaps around Chelsea and another lower division, the clubs around Chelsea, they benefit from from the area having more income in it in general I know it's not a poor area or anything you know it's it's a high class area of <laughs> London or any, and, but at the same time I think you know in a way yes because 
it, it adds another competitive side to the Premier League because obviously, you know, before Bramovich, Chelsea were just Chelsea in a way, you know, and now they're like top four Premier League winning, Champions League winning Chelsea. So I think it adds another competitive head to the books in terms of, I mean, when I was growing up, it was always United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, and, you know, it was always a a competitive watch every season and it was enjoyable to watch and I think that having another club like Chelsea at the time who were just coming into it you know buying all these players and starting to win loads of things you know the the Man City are like the modern day Chelsea in that sense I think Mm. it's all about finding a balance on thinking it's a good thing and it's a bad thing because obviously at the same time it's Abramovich wasn't fully a positive thing for the Premier League you know obviously um, with how much money he'd splash in, in some windows and how much money he'd spend just to win a trophy I think that takes the whole you know can you win a trophy with a hard grinded out squad and things like you know other teams have for the years so I think obviously mm. Black, as you said Blackburn were the first to do it they, they splashed cash to win a trophy and then Abramovich was the successor to that and you know nobody probably thought that this would happen what what is happening right now but I think it's one of those it's like it depends what what type of money you want to put into a football club this is why background checks should be done on on owners more heavily I think because the thing is with that though Alex you tell me you find me a clean millionaire you find me one I dare you no, they're all, they're all corrupt. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, corrupt. Yeah. I, I know I'm sounding like an anarchist here, but you, you can't have that much money and no, be I, clean. No, I don't think it's. I, I don't think it's so much about the, the corruption side of it because you're not going to find someone with that much money who isn't corrupt. But I think, for example, you know, Russia. There's always been some sort of problem with with Russia. So why just say you know if you're involved that high up because you're never not going to know they haven't only just found out about this not a chance so if you're pumping that much money into something that is seen worldwide as like such a, a bad thing don't let him own a football club because one day evidently someone's going to do something and as it has it's absolutely tragic what is happening in Ukraine but Abramovich is, is getting calmer as I've said I think he shouldn't have you know, if he as soon as this happened, he should have said, "Right, I'm cutting ties with this person," or "I'm cutting ties with Chelsea." He should have made the decision rather than let it be made for him. Mm, definitely, I'm going to push this question to you, Gigsy. Yep. Um, if Vincent Tan or any owner had, had won Cardiff more success than you could ever dream of, you know, Champions League, Premier League, would you feel indebted to him, and would you, you know, chant his name? Because some Chelsea fans have been chanting Roman Abramovich's name. Um, you, you'd have to you'd have to look at it really, really carefully because it's not necessarily the fact of what he's done for Chelsea. It's the links further up the line. So you you can't fault as as a fan if if that was say that was VT and and he was involved in something like that. And to be fair to him, he's saved us from quite a bit and. And we've had two spells in the Premier League, albeit one was in red, but we won't talk about that. Um, but we've been quite successful in his in his time with us. We would have—I don't think we would have ever reached the Premier League without him. 
So yeah, so we we could probably say we we would be chanting his name, but at the same time, you you look at the the stuff that's happened at Chelsea over the seasons. Um, obviously, the Raheem Sterling thing, the with the racism. Um, you, you look at um, what happened at the cup final the other week as well when they they took offence to Liverpool fans booing. I'm not I'm not going to say what anthem, the English national anthem. I'm not going to say is the national anthem because it's not um so yeah i I think it's you you can you can look at the demographic in london and both chelsea and fulham are in fulham chelsea and fulham fans couldn't be any further apart if they tried exactly the same as charlton and millwall they're literally what five less than five miles apart but the charlton fans and millwall fans are totally different so, so you look at the demographic around there is a is a affluent area where they are. So, I I think that all plays into it. Their 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 belief in what they are. You you got since two since he took over in two thousand and three. This has been their most successful period ever. They they've never been one of the teams that are going to be constantly battling for. Uh, a league title they did win the occasional FA Cup or League Cup or whatever Di Matteo with that fantastic goal against Middlesbrough after like what 16 Jeez, seconds yeah something like that yeah so, so you, you yeah you, you probably would chant his name but when they chanted it was wrong yeah it's, it's not it's not about them standing up for him it's about everyone getting together and standing against something I'm, I'm not going to put words in there that are going to get us in trouble. So you all stand, you all, everyone comes together and stands against something. You don't need anyone at that point going, we're just going to throw a random bit in there because it just breaks it. He's like, by all, by all means, if they want to chant his name, do it afterwards. But not, but not while they're doing something that's, that, that the whole world is behind, if that makes sense. It, I think it's, there, there's, there's a time to do it and there's a time to not. It's a, it's a, I don't know. I really don't know because I suppose the, the, a big example of this is like the Newcastle. We spoke about Newcastle in one of our very first episodes in the fact that it's not morally right, but if it's to the success of your football club, football fans don't care. Yeah. And I'm guessing that's sort of where Chelsea fans are. What I'll pose the same question to you, Alex. What was your thoughts on that, B? Um, it's, it's very complicated in a, in a way I think because you know it's it's trying to separate the football element from it from, from the political political side of it sorry um, so I think you know they're chanting his name because he's done absolute wonders for their football club but then at the same time with what's going on and, and you know you know they know exactly what's going on because it's it's on the news every single day so I think it's it's one of those where they probably shouldn't have in, in a way I think it's just there's a little bit just out of, out of place I remember social media's reaction was was quite tense about it you know saying what, why would they do that it's just quite disrespectful in a sense and you know, I think it's it's hard to see both sides because, obviously, the, as I said, there is the football side where he's done wonders for the club and, and he's on the brink of leaving. And then on the other side of it, obviously, I, I don't know. It's it's a it's a really weird one. And, and uh, 
it's an interesting situation to hear what, what a Chelsea fan that, that was chanting it would, would have to say about it. I'm going to take you back to 2003. So there was a rumour that Roman Abramovich, and I think it's been confirmed since, um, wanted to buy one of Chelsea or Tottenham. Um, and Chelsea won 2-1 against Liverpool, and he was impressed by it. And that's been called the billion-pound game. What if he had bought Tottenham, Matt? Would, would we be saying the same things about Tottenham as we are about Chelsea right now? Um, Probably. Do you reckon? Yeah. I, I, well, you've you got to think that was, well, 19 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, so 19 years ago, would would have, would have that have led to where we are now? You'd never know. Um, would Tottenham have had the same success as Chelsea? Yeah. Do you think? If, I, I just think that club is ingrained in failure, though. No, no, I, I think... Sorry, Spurs. I, I, I think if you would... If you if you took everything that Chelsea have had, so that the hundred million pounds in the first year that he was in charge, and then bringing in Mourinho after Ranieri was sacked, and then the the next hundred and forty million that he was given, um, I, I I think that alone, because Mourinho at the time was the best manager in Europe, he, he was what he had done with Porto was phenomenal a cocky young manager who yeah. was so so exuberant he was exuberant yeah like. and he he was as much as people hate him he was a breath of fresh air to the Premier League as well mm. because it, it again it made Wenger and Ferguson stand up and go hang on a minute we've got someone else that's that's more confident than we are what's, what's going on with that so yeah I, I think if, if you took the entire the entire wedge that you had with Chelsea and you go right we're going to switch it go back in time and put it in Tottenham's court would they have won the same as Mount they would have won close to do you think yeah I, I just I, I don't think so I, purely because it's Tottenham like, I, st- <laughs> I, st- I still think if back then if you'd thrown enough money at Tottenham Hotspur they, they would have won stuff yeah, I, I think they would have won things. I just don't think they'd have won because you got because at the time as well. I think Stamford Bridge was still being was still kind of in development. White Hart Lane was White Hart Lane. It was an iconic stadium. Stamp, I'm not saying that Stamford Bridge wasn't or isn't, but White Hart Lane was was pretty much ready. What they've done with it now is phenomenal, like with the new stadium, mm. um, and what what Stamford Bridge has turned into with the development around and the hotel and everything like that that's unbelievable so you've got to think would would this Tottenham Stadium have changed earlier if they had won back-to-back league titles if they'd won the Champions League if they'd won the FA Cup all, all those things that you've got in there which which they have done now and and that's and that's purely down to Abramovich going well yeah yeah you can spend the money if you want to yeah it's a it's a really interesting one, Alex. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I think I agree with Matt. I do think that Spurs would have had the exact same success as Chelsea because I think it was just how much money was being put in. You know, uh, at the end of the day, you hear what look, Mourinho said that he would say about Drogba, for example. He literally told Abramovich, you know, I wanted to be a Drogba. You may not know anything about him. Go get him. I think that. 
you know, Mourinho probably would have come to, to Spurs then at the time you, you went to Chelsea. I think it's the the pull that Abramovich had at the at the time, you know, being this big uh flashy new owner. I think whatever club he would have gone to, they would have reaped the rewards and, and had the success. Um, obviously, you know, we, we've seen Spurs over the years, they have had big name managers, big name players and, and still failed to, to win anything. Um, but I think that, you know, the the way that Ch- uh, Chelsea have been established under Abramovich, I think that, you know, that success comes from anywhere, um, you know, whatever the club that is. Um, I just want to quickly raise a point because I was having a little scroll through the term Chelsea on Twitter during your discussion. Um, someone has said that if Chelsea now go into administration due to all of the, the factors here, they would get a nine-point deduction, which would hinder the race in, in, uh, for the top four. So That would be sort of very interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting mm, that would be crazy. So we're going to go back on the Tottenham spot, on Tottenham point. So in 2003 when um, Abramovich took over Tottenham were signing players um, Helder Postiga they signed him for 6.25 million Bobby Zamora Bobby Zamora Frederick Canute oh what a player Michael Brown and this is the best one of the lot Jermaine Defoe but he signed in February 2004 so they signed him for 7 million players they were getting rid of were Alton Falwell uh, Teddy Sheringham Ben Thatcher uh, Stefan Everson, Matthew Everington, Neil Sullivan, Chris Perry, Jonathan Blondell, and Bobby Zamora went the other way when they signed Jermaine Defoe. Um, manager was manager was Glenn Hoddle, and he left in September, and then David Pleat took over. So, obviously, that's that's the season that Ranieri was at Chelsea, but Spurs finished fourteenth that year. With Canute up top as well. Yeah, and and so so you listen, you, you think about those transfers and the money they spent. Um, the the comparison is is well that first season is a hundred million for for Chelsea, and there's probably what let's do it very trivia quickly. question for you, Alex. Trivia question: Who was Abramovich's first signing? Uh don't I? Uh, oh no, sorry, don't. <sighs> I'm I'm on a at nineteen point two five million is what Spurs spent that season. So, no, so you, what, I know. I was, I was just trying to work it out in my head while we were away. Then, um, Abramovich's first signing. That wasn't that Frank Lampard. Glenn Johnson. Was it Glenn Johnson? Yep. Ah, uh, Frank Lampard was Ranieri's first signing, wasn't it? Yeah. Right. Okay. So there you go. Glenn Johnson, Liverpool legend, ish. Technically. And Frank Lampard was the highest scoring, highest assist Premier League midfielder ever well, there you go and Glenn Johnson did nothing else <laughs> apart from scored a b- banger for Portsmouth to be fair um, but yeah, but yeah. <laughs> go on guys yeah you, you got you got to look at those those figures and there's what 80 80 million between 81 million between what Chelsea that, spent back then was even more than it is uh, now yeah like, you, you think that's again this is showing my age but that team that those players at that time, Jermaine Defoe signing in for seven million was, was a lot of money. If you if you put Jermaine Defoe now in his prime in the Premier League, he'd be he'd be worth as much as Harry Kane. Oh, I don't know. 
Alex, I'm going to call Cap on that one. <laughs> What's that? Giggs, just said Defoe and his prime would be worth the same as Harry Kane. Oh, whoa. Oh, Giggsy. No. I'd I, I say prime Defoe at the moment. It's like, it's like Vardy, I would say. I would value him in that bracket. That would be more than that. Nah, no way. But that's that's the difference. You you could well you could sign you could sign those kind of players. Chelsea had the had the power to go and sign them with big contracts, big signing on fees, and we all know that Daniel Levy was quite tight when it comes to stuff like that. Or, or, and, and rightly so at times. But yeah, yeah so you, you just put that extra eighty million into Chelsea, and and you can see why why Mourinho was so successful. I'm not saying he wasn't successful because he's a good manager but he also had the, the financial backing of Abramovich who wanted who wanted success exactly that exactly that I think that's a good place to end it um, shout out to uh, to all the Chelsea fans uh, we are we do feel your pain but at the same time it is very ironic um, but we, none of us would want to be in that situation so no. um, hopefully it all gets sorted for you um, but if it does get a nine point deduction that makes the Premier League very very interesting going into the final uh, few games um, well I think that's a good place to end it yeah so uh, I'll catch you in the next episode from myself Matt and Alex we'll see you then bye bye